This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Boat Trader is America's largest boating marketplace with over 100,000 boats to choose from. We offer simple, comprehensive solutions for those looking to sell, find, and finance new or used boats. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. What's up, everybody? It's your host, Will, coming back for a new episode of Stand Podcast. We're back for Field Note Fridays, powered by Matthews Archery, elevating the archery experience. And on today's episode, we are at part four of our six-part series with Corbin Williams, where we're talking to all you archery nuts out there, helping you get your bows ready before the season is here. It's nearly September, so all you elk hunters, I hope you're uh, way ahead of this point by now because you need to be ready. And if you're not, you need to take heed to the advice from Corbin on these next few episodes and get yourself ready. We've talked center shotting, leveling, cam timing, gone down a couple other rabbit holes. And on part four, we're going to be talking paper tuning. Most importantly, all the steps that we've done prior to this will set you up for this part. So I'm not going to go into much more detail. I'm going to let our man Corbin talk more on this. And if you haven't yet, make sure you rate, review, subscribe to the podcast on whatever listening platform you're on. And if you've got ideas, questions, or thoughts you want me to hear, make sure you send me an email. I'll drop that in the description below. So that way, if you got good ideas for podcasts, I want to know. But other than that, y'all, if you haven't yet, make sure you got the HuntStand app downloaded. We got free pro, pro whitetail, unlock all the features of HuntStand, and upgrade today. I'm going to quit talking, and here's our guy, Corbin Williams. We, we've talked about all this with bow to zero, center shot, leveling, cam timing, having the right arrows. I think the next thing to go into in kind of the final step, if you will, or one of the last steps of the whole tuning process is shooting through paper, getting that good paper tune, man. So mm -hmm. talk about how doing all these things basically leads to this and how well you did all those things is going to determine yeah. how long you have to shoot through paper. Uh, yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm not the biggest believer in paper. Um, and I'll explain that in a second, but like what paper does, it tells you how your arrow is flying at different distances. And so what I like to do is we start really close and there, there's a whole, there's, just people understand what I say here. There are different thoughts that go into this from mm -hmm. different individuals. I know what I believe and what we've seen work, but you may have a different opinion and that's okay. When I shoot 
through paper with any of our customers, we start very close to the paper. So we're within two to three feet and we start there. I, I think that's the most telling of immediately how the arrow leaves the bow um, immediately. And if we get a perfect, perfect bullet hole through paper, then we know that the initial steps we did are cam timing, how the bow is set up left and right, um, how it's balanced, um, that everything's zeroed in there, that it's doing good, like we did okay. Yeah. Then we're gonna take a step back. We're gonna get a little bit further back and we're gonna see how it looks going through paper a little bit further. The main thing that people need to know is that when you shoot through paper, that your veins are on your arrow for a reason. And, and they, they help stabilize the flight of the arrow. So I have guys that shoot paper 20 yards back with veins. And I think it's, in my personal opinion, it's a waste of your time because the veins are stabilizing the arrow and helping it fly straight. Um, I'd rather see you bear shaft tune at 20 yards on a walk back tune than use the paper with veins um, at 20 yards. So like I keep our paper tuning relatively close and then we'll walk back tune if we're using a bear shaft. Uh, we've got a guy that works in our Lubbock shop and our similar store. His name's Brant. His actually his name is Corbin Branch. We call him uh, Branch just because of our names are the same. Yeah. That kid bear shaft tune every bow that comes in the shop. And when I say bear shaft tunes every bow, his veins and his arrow and his vein, his non-veined arrow hit the exact same every single time. Wow. And what he does is he starts really close with a bear shaft and he makes sure that when he gets to about you know, 15 feet, not yards, that he's getting a, a, a tear that's straight through paper. And if he did not start centered on everything that he does in the initial setup process, his cam timing and everything else, it will not fly straight. He'll get knock high, knock low, left, right. And if his arrows aren't the right arrows, he's going to have a major issue as well. But this is one way to tell you if your spine is too weak or too stiff and with that bear shaft um, running through paper. And as you back up past that, I don't use the paper. I'm going to, I'm going to put two arrows together at 20 and see, then start seeing where my knock's hitting him, that bear shaft's tuning. Cause you want them to hit straight, um, right against each other. Absolutely. Now. And so, yes, sir. With this, are you using hooter shooters or are your technician shooting the bow? Or are you letting the owner of that bow shoot when this tuning process is happening? So the caveats with becoming a large, larger shop is that we get, I mean, there's weeks that we have a hundred bows dropped off in the, in the four days that we're at work that week. Mm -hmm. And so we always have drop-offs to start. We do the initial tune on the bow out of the hooter shooter okay. so that I know the bow is perfect. Does that mean that it is tuned to the customer? 100% no. Right. However, it allows me to see what's happening with the customer's hand. And then I can say, okay, this is a grip issue. Like, here's what we're doing here. Or like, hey, okay, now let's go adjust this to make up for how your grip is. Like, if you're healing, putting your wrist down too low or you're too high in your wrist. Um, you know, the Matthews bows right now, they don't really like a high wrist because you start to wobble through paper with them. And so we have to teach people to go a little bit lower and a little bit flatter across the base of your palm. Um and so we get to see that, but I know the bow's dead on. If I'm shooting a bow with a hooter shooter, which takes out the human error at 20 yards, and I'm putting your bear shaft into the back of your veined arrow, I know the bow's tuned. Then we take the next few steps to work with the customer directly when they pick up their bow. Um, and I've learned it's more efficient that way. Like I have a bunch of seasoned 
archers that come in and we can tune their bow with them rel- relatively quickly because we know that they're very good. Yeah. We see this a lot of times with newer customers or a brand new bow that wasn't initially tuned by us. We're going to run it through the Hooter shooter first. So then once you get them in and they shoot it, you know, you've got that perfectly set bow before they step in the shop, but then you're just really having issue. They're having issues shooting it the right way. Are you then going to come off your base and zero to tune that bow to them? <laughs> the first thing I'm going to do is, especially if they're they're local, you know, we have people who travel from all over the country to come in. If they're local, the first thing I'm going to do is be like, hey, what I need you to do is work on these two things first. So we take a teaching approach. I'm a, I'm a BCBA behavior analyst and I work with kids um, on the autism spectrum all the time. And we work with the change of behavior. And you'll see this with like Olympic athletes. Like we don't tell the person to change everything right at, all at once, but it's 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 not right for us to expect to go change a full bow tune to a really bad form. And so what we do is we'll ask customers like, Hey, you know, this doesn't cost you anything, but what I need you to do is I need you to go home and shoot your bow 10 days straight. Like I have a bunch of customers just now getting their bows out and we're coming in to do a broadhead tune. And it's a nightmare because we only shot the bow four times and our muscles are not built up endurance wise. And so I would tell you like, Hey, I need you to go home, shoot this bow for 10 days. And this is the two, the two things I want you to work on. First of all, I want you to lighten your grip a little bit, and I'm going to show them how to do that. The second thing is I want your follow-through to happen. I do not want your drop in your bow to see where your arrow hits, okay? So I want you to shoot your bow a minimum of 10 day- times for 10 days and come back in, and let's work on this tune a little bit more. And I would say 73 to 75% of the time when the customer comes back and their endurance is built back up, that bow tunes more perfectly to their hand and will make slight adjustments. But if I'm having to make big gross adjustments to the rest or to cams or anything else, I'll keep them correcting the form. If that makes like, I'm not going to go back to zero when everything is zeroed and perfect. When we, when it's definitely a form issue, if it's not a form issue, we're going to make adjustments to the bow there. Right. Right. And seeing like, man, I I couldn't tell you how many times I, I dealt with that. I'd have guys that would bring bows into my shop and they're like, yeah, I took it to this other shop and you know, they had it set and, then we start paper tuning and things don't look right. And I'm looking down and that rest is bumped all the way over to the left because yep. they were adjusting it to how they were shooting it. And you know, your same thought process. I'm like, Nope, let's, let's get her back to zero. And then you're probably gonna have to work on some stuff. So let's, let's do that. So yeah, I, I wanted to see where, where you were at on that spectrum. So I think that, Bow shops get to the point where they're nervous about not making a sale there. They want to make their tune look good. So they jack up their tune to make it match a customer's hand. Yes. And I tell my customers all the time, you didn't come to me for me to like BS you and, and not tell you the truth about what's going on. Like, here's a video of your form. This is what we need to change. I'm here to make sure that when you go out and you go on this one, I have, I have like nine customers in, in the wilderness, of the Gila this year, like, which is my dream hunt. And so like, I tell them all the same thing. Like when you leave here, when we're done with your bow, your bow is going to be perfect and you're going to be shooting enough to know that your confidence in your bow. Like, that's all that I care about. Like, I don't I'm not worried about having to adjust the customer and teach them how to shoot better um, because their dream hunt, if they're if they fail because their bow sucks, it's on me. And so mm-hmm. when they leave, I want everything to work perfectly. And like I show them why we're not going to adjust the bow into this this torqued grip. What do you tell that customer? Because I felt like I dealt with this more than I cared to. You know, you get the bow that it's, it, you know, it's just money, man. I mean, it's set, everything's perfect, and they shoot it, and it's just not, 
Like you're, you know, you're having to adjust them, but it's that guy or that gal that's like, well, this is how I've always shot this bow for the past 20 years, you know, and it's done great for me, you know? <laughs> and in your mind, you're like, yeah, well, you're not shooting it right. I mean, how do you handle those guys like that? <laughs> I, I will, I'll just be honest. We shoot a slow-mo video and we show them what's going on. And I tell them like, Hey, everything like I, and I will tell you, there's been numerous occasions where I grab the bow and I blow up arrows because I'm showing them with the right form. You can make it work. Um, making an adjustment. Like a lot of our guys, our hands are way behind their head. It's an old school method of, of setting, but they're never consistent. Yep. And so I shoot a video and, and show them like, Hey, video yourself in slow motion over the next 10 days. I want you to work on this little bit of form. I just tell them. Um, I think people respect us now of like where we come from and like how particular I am, but also I reinforce the behavior that we want to see. So like when I see them do something good, all we do is sit there and praise them and show them on the video and I lead them into wanting to work on the things that are not perfect yet. Heck yeah. No, I love that, man. And I love everything that we've gotten to talk about. You know, before we move on, uh, the last two segments of this, you know, we're going to kind of talk about some big tips that, you know, in your mind that one to two things that are real big for people to be doing after they've got their bow set up where it needs to be. But before we get to that, kind of recap everything that we've talked about and anything we may have missed just to kind of let everybody know the importance of doing all of these things. You know, just making sure your bow is center shotted, that everything is dead perfect on it. Like don't halfway do anything. And I, that's the same thing I took on. I'm not here to be your friend. I'm here to be the perfectionist. Like I want to make sure everything's perfect. You should consider whether you go to a shop or not, that your bow is perfect. And if you don't think it's perfect and you don't think you know how, go get help, learn how to do it perfectly, set everything up perfect. Cam's perfect. Make sure you're getting everything's perfect through paper. Or if you're broadhead tuning instead of paper tuning, like make sure everything is perfect. Absolutely perfect. Um, because it's going to hurt you in the end if you don't. And that that's just key is like, make sure it's perfect. Don't, don't halfway do anything on your boat. Make sure it's perfect. Absolutely. You got to got to all right y'all there you go hopefully you will take heed to the advice that corbin has dropped over the past four weeks and getting your bow ready if you do all this stuff on your own make sure you listen to the man and if not get your bow in a shop if you just dusted your bow out and just took it out of the case shame on you go get that thing to the shop now and go get ready for the season you need to start shooting Get those flip-flop reps in and get the practice in so that way you're ready for opening morning. Thanks again for tuning in to the Hunt Stand Podcast. Field Note Fridays powered by Matthews Archery. Elevating the archery experience. We'll see you on the next one.